Welcome to 1ABQ and You, Conversations, Culture, and Community, a City of Albuquerque production with your hosts, Mayor Tim Keller and me, Leah Black. Thank you for coming back and joining us. Welcome back to 1ABQ and You, and we're excited to have another wonderful uh, pillar of our community uh, in all sorts of ways here with us today. Definitely a legend. Eva Encinias and her family have built a thriving flamenco community in Albuquerque, and I would say the world, because this is an international brand here. Um, you've taught countess, countless, excuse me, countless Marquenos to appreciate not just the dance, but the culture of flamenco. And you have been awarded the ABQ Wall of Fame, also the NEA National Heritage Fellowship in 2022. It's big time. Welcome, Eva. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. We're really excited that you could be here. Um, for people that are from Albuquerque, we know all about flamenco. Like, it's just, it runs deep here. But for people that come from, you know, other places, and not just here in the U.S., but all over the world, Spain, and we are kind of an epicenter. Would, would you agree with that? Well, I would agree with that. And we do, uh, one of our, our many projects is a festival that we do every summer, and we bring many artists from Spain, and they're always just, amazed at how much flamenco there is here and 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 i'm proud of that it's it's really wonderful that that uh, we have such a thriving community and and it's it's um it's it's accessible to to all people who would like to see it and experience it and i have a question about this with your family i know it runs very long in your family when you you know gave birth to your child did you have in your mind or your heart you're like i really want them to be in flamenco but if they're not going to be that's okay or were you like i'm just going to at least expose it to them and see if it takes was it something that was intentional or was it just or was it mandatory yeah well, oh well it was mandatory <laughs> As it was when I was a child yeah. as well. Um, you know, we all studied. Of course, I, I fell in love with it, like, immediately. My mother and dad would always say, oh, we knew you were going to become a dancer. Mm. Um, but it was something, I mean, something certainly that my, my family has shared for generations. And so certainly they were um, expected to take class with my mom, yeah. their grandma. And, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, they enjoyed the process. And actually, you know, when you start at such a young age, uh, by the time you're a teenager, you've done it for 10 years. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. I mean, you, you have a certain ability. But I didn't, I didn't know that they would become dancers. And actually, it wasn't until uh, my mother passed that I think that they realized how important the tradition and the legacy was for them. Joaquin was in Florida at FIT uh, studying engineering. Wow. And Marisol mm. was getting a degree in Spanish and anthropology. And um, then soon after my mother passed, they, you know, they, they just said, we feel like we, ha we need to do this. This is what we want to do. And come home. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I mean, I have to say there was a side of me that, you know, the thought of my son becoming an engineer and, and it's the life of an artist is not an easy one. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 always a struggle and you're always looking for resources and opportunities. And I've been blessed with so many that that um, I, you know, I never take that for granted, but I didn't know what it, what it would be like for my children. And and uh you know that security that security that one can have in certain occupations you don't necessarily have as artists 
but they've done well. And um, there was a, a, a part, a, a big part of my heart that, that celebrated the fact that they were going to want to continue the art form and, and now into some of my grandchildren as well. And it's, it's really, it's, it's fantastic to, to be able to share that with your family. And, uh, you know, sometimes they'll be, uh, I'll be singing and Joaquin will be dancing and his daughter is dancing. So we so have three cool. generations on mm. stage and that's, that's a really wonderful thing. It really is a generational legacy. Yes, and is. not just for your family, but the legacy that you've brought to, you know, all of New Mexico and beyond. It's, it's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about the, the kind of early days when, you know, you have this sort of history in our state and obviously our, our Spanish heritage, but how did it kind of come together to really ramp it up with the festival early on? And then, of course, eventually the charter school, too. But but early on, like, like what was it that kind of pushed it from being a family tradition to being a Albuquerque institution? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, and I I give the University of New Mexico a great deal mm. of credit for that because I I was a student there. And a couple of years into my study, they asked me to start teaching flamenco, and, and that was in 1976. Um, and teaching an art form in a university is very difficult anyway, because it's just, it's kind of Structured differently, I imagine. Yeah, to, to I can't structure. imagine. But, you know, it was a wonderful challenge for me. I had already been teaching for many years, but not in a university setting where you have your 16 weeks and students are moving through. And yeah. so it's a different way of setting up your curriculum. So it was challenging and it took me a few years to really feel that I was doing a good job. Uh, but I think that what I, what I was seeing with these students as wonderful as, as they were, most of them were trained in either ballet or contemporary dance. and. There were really very few Hispanics in the dance program at that time, but they were fascinated by the art form and um, just started to, you know, they wanted more and wanted more. They started to give me more levels of, of, of technique and, mm. and encouraging me to set choreographies on them. And so that started to build a momentum that I felt, you know, I needed to, to harness and and take advantage of um, and one of the things that I felt that they that they missed in their experience at the university is flamenco is so varied from one artist to another mm. that I didn't feel that I could be the ultimate reference to what flamenco is you know oh, because right. it's such a you know it, it's it's a very uh, personal expression and every artist has a very different way of doing that. So I had had it in the back of my mind, it would be so wonderful if, if we could bring guest artists in for the students and, and show them, start to expose them because they, they really had no idea. And um, <clears throat> then in 1987, the Dean asked me to put together a special performance for the 50th anniversary of the College of Fine Arts, mm. and he was going to give me a budget. Oh, Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think I'd ever had a budget right? before. <laughs> but um, so he gave me some money, and I invited some artists from around the country, um, some from California, New York, I think Washington. Uh, 
and we did a weekend of performances and a few workshops and oh the students just loved it oh, and, I bet. and the audiences were so enthusiastic and so he asked if I would make it an annual event and so I said sure do I get my budget yeah <laughs> and uh, we did and then in 1982 hmm. I believe yes um, I wanted to celebrate five years of the festival by inviting someone from Spain and so we brought in three artists from Spain and it was a game changer. It, it really was, it, it sort of elevated the whole, totally. yeah. Mm -hmm. And everybody, you could feel it, you know, that people were just really excited about that. And it's and, becoming and more worldly now, exactly. international rather well, than, and yeah. It's, it's just grown so much because, you know, we went from three artists in one weekend to now they bring in 70, 80, 90 artists so from cool. Spain and it's, it's just fabulous, and I think that that it would have been difficult. In, in other cities, they have tried to start flamenco festivals, just sort of mm. boom, you know, there it is. But I think the fact that we were able to sort of start to develop a community through all of those young people at UNM that were just going in and out of classes, whether they would continue or not, some did, some didn't, yeah. but there was an awareness of the art form and you start to build that community. And I think that that's what allowed us to really have such a positive result um, with that experience. And it's, you know, I mean, it was difficult. It was, it was complicated to do that. But, uh, and then that's when uh, with the university, once I started the international aspect, they started to get a little nervous because they said mm. the budget's going to oh, get crazy. Oh, right. <laughs> um, and so they said, we want to encourage you and help you in any way that we can. We want you to use all our studios and our theaters. And that mm. for us was fantastic. But they said, you know, you take on the finances. So we started the 501c3. Um, and I actually had a 501c3 because I had a performing company that had been performing regionally for many years. But because of my position at the university, I didn't have as much time to focus on that as I would have liked. So I decided to take that 501c3 and change its format and its focus. And it became a producing organization. And that's where all of these other projects came from. Yeah. And I and probably, mm. you know, it's wonderful that the university helped you get that start. But the way it grew, there was probably a, a newfound sense of freedom. You could kind of change it and shape it totally. the way you wanted it to. Because there's so many things. I mean, you know, the, the, the things that have to happen, immigration and all visas and all those things that are much more complicated within the university structure. Um, and so having the 501c3 gave us much more flexibility. Mm. And um, so it's been good. It's been good. How does the, the, going back to like when you, especially when you first reach out to the Spanish, you know, were, what was their reaction? I mean, because I know, you know, uh, you know, it's obviously Spain's its own country. And so I always think their view of New Mexico is fascinating. Right. You know, even if they have one, because let's be honest. Like, they may you know, not. Know. I mean, a lot yeah. of Spaniards aren't like, oh, New Mexico. Right. You know, like, yeah, you know. no, they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, most of them have no idea. We're a dot <laughs> the, yeah. right. of the history. Um, 
Well, it was, you know, I was so naive when I, when I first started this in 1987 and I, or, you know, five years into it, I, I, I just called him on the telephone. And I don't even know how I got their phone number. We didn't, this was way before yeah. internet yeah. or yeah. way before any of that. And, um, you know, I just called him and, and, and said that I was from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and, and we are doing a festival and we would love them to come and be our, our special guests. And, you know, it was interesting because I'm sure they knew nothing about Yeah, that's you know, what I was right, thinking. Right. I feel and, like we know a lot more right. about Spain than they know about right. us, you know? And, and so they were, sure, let's <laughs> Sounds <know>. good. <laughs> Let, let's do it. And, you know, I mean, I, I really had no idea. Um, the, the first woman that, that I wanted to speak to was a woman by the name of La Tati, who is uh, based in Madrid. And I saw her, um, my, my parents took me to Spain, my brother and sister and I to Spain, um, and we saw this fabulous flamenco show at a very iconic flamenco tablao, Torres Bermejas. And we would go every night and watch three show three sets. Was it always the same dancers mm. each night? Mm. Yeah, we, there was some okay. some change, but not much. Yeah. But it was fabulous. And there was, there was one of the dancers was La Tati. And I, I remember way back in the back of my my child mind thinking, oh, it would be so nice to see at home. You mm. know, it would be, you yeah. know, to be able to see that. And I think it left an... Um, uh, focus. It started to develop. You know, it, it was dormant for a before really long you even time. Yeah. But as soon as I thought, well, let's do something international, then I thought, okay, this is this is it. And I have to say that seeing her dance on that, on, you know, in Rody Theater on our our little, yeah. our little theater stage, chills. It was fabulous. Mm. Oh yeah, it was so moving. It was. Yeah, chills Amazing. and tears and, and all of those things, thinking, wow, our community can see can see this and then realizing the, pos- the potential. Right. And, you know, I think they've all kind of watched the festival grow. And um, I think one of the successes that we've had with our festival is that it's produced by a family mm. as opposed to producers. Yeah. Um, and flamenco is a very family um, structure. Yeah. There's a lot of families that do that mm, do flamenco, mm-hmm. and so I think that they appreciate that. They know that we we just love the art form and we do all that we can. And to you're dancers. To I mean, it. you're the artists. You're the people. You know. And we're dancers. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. You know, in the early years, a lot I, would, of credibility. I would be performing with them as well. Yeah. You know, and so that was unusual for them because they were used to producers that didn't producers that yeah. didn't really weren't necessarily they were removed their, from the right yeah. exactly it was a business for them mm-hmm. and uh maybe i should have made it a little bit more of a business for us <laughs> but, it's never too late it's never nevertheless too late. okay we'll do it sign the contract yeah um and so you know, now my daughter has taken over the directorship of the Institute, and she has always been very active in the programming of the festival. And 
you know, I, I see the work that she's doing and whoa, it's it's mm. grown and it's it's beautiful. That's so cool. And she proud of it. learned that from you too. And then of course branched so, on her own. So that's remarkable. Totally. Yeah, now one more, just one more history question. Because now I think what uh, most folks know, if not, definitely look it up, but it's flamenco is sort of very accessible for Burqueños. You know, there's lots of places you can go see it. Or even for if you're visiting, you know, you can do the Tablao at Hotel Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, I used to go see it at, um, oh, that restaurant in Santa Fe. Farol. Yes, El Farol. Oh, we're still just, at the Farol. I love it. Yes, I love it. It's just, you know, when visitors are in town, especially too, it's great. But Liz and I would go there sometimes. And anyway, the point is, but that that to me is all, you know, indirectly and directly related to to your and your family's efforts and the community behind it. So I am just curious, like going back to more your mother's time, like where would you find flamenco then? Oh, good question. That, yeah, that is a very good question. And and interestingly, uh, in my mother's time, she's opened her dance studio when she moved. Mm. She came back to uh, Albuquerque after she had married. She opened her dance studio in our home, and she had a lot of students. And you know, we would do. Um, the old town fiestas and we would okay. do the fiestas in Española and right. we would do, you know, you really, the only place to see flamenco was like large was gatherings, gatherings, yeah. Yeah. yeah, free, which was wonderful right. because sure. uh, that if, if, if you're only going to see it when you go into a theater, the opportunities are going to be so much less. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so my mother was a big proponent of, going out into the community and we do parades yeah and public do, flamenco yeah. yeah it was it was so great and um she wasn't the only one that was doing it but she had a school that really encouraged a lot of local local uh youth and and she had all, you know all ages she taught all ages and not just strictly in flamenco. She taught us lots of different types of, of dance. And mm. so it was, in answer to your question, the, you know, it was kind of um, chance. Right. <laughs> We'd be walking yeah, yeah. in old town, and all of a sudden these dancers would start sure, going. And, sure, sure. Like State and, Fair. I'm yeah, sure yeah. even State in like Fair. the 30s at the State right, Fair or something. Exactly. Yeah. And we still try to do a lot of that because... It's just so important, you know, the balloon yeah. fiesta and, yeah. the, and the state fair and and you know different different uh, mm -hmm. fiestas that they're having. You know, that's still very alive and well yeah. in, in New Mexico, which yeah. is great. And so we go and do that, and and then we do theater concerts and we do lots of different kinds of things. But it's so important that that people have access to it mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. it just becomes part oh, of right. part of what they connect to who we are yeah. mm -hmm. as New Mexicans. And for I the awareness, because it is such an old art form, to just keep it alive. I mean, yeah. obviously you are doing great because it's generational, it carries on. But right. for people that have heard about it but haven't really been exposed to it, right. yeah, you have to do all levels, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people think they know what flamenco is and they have this sort of stereotypical vision of what they think flamenco mm -hmm. is, but that's one of the one of the great things about the festival is 
flamenco has become a lot of things you know oh yeah like very the, i go in the, the avant-garde flamenco very, i'm like wow this is yeah. this is totally different you know <laughs> totally than traditional uh, what you uh, yeah, yeah exactly you know, the, the costume then, everything yeah so it's it's and it's all i find it all fascinating and beautiful and and mm-hmm. love that that here in albuquerque i mean we're not la and we're not new york city and right. we're not chicago but here in albuquerque people can see the best flamenco in the world and that's mm-hmm. that's really that's wonderful for me i love albuquerque and i didn't want to leave as a, as a young dancer you know really if you were going to become a flamenco dancer you didn't stay in albuquerque you know you had to you had to leave and i didn't want to leave we're so happy you didn't leave yeah me yeah. too we're so happy you <laughs> stayed here because your legacy continues and uh, the festival is every year. I mean, people can attend it. And for people that are interested even in taking dance, say there's an adult that wants to take it, that's okay, right? You have oh, those levels. Totally, okay. We have a whole a whole um, beginner section yeah, okay. of classes that are all for beginners okay. that are uh, not just for women, men as well. Yeah. Women study oh, Monaco. it's sexy. And, uh, <laughs> and we actually have some students in their 70s and early 80s. I love it's it. It's so wow. great. Yeah, and it's wonderful. And, and, and um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a celebration of life. Uh, you know, the good and the bad and the hard and the, the happy and the sad. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. all of those things. And I'm just so fortunate that my mother gifted me with this beautiful art form and it's it's directed my life through through my entire life and that mm. you've then gifted all of us so no, we really you. appreciate it yeah so i think unfortunately too we're, we're about out of time but tell <laughs> we us we can talk more about this all yeah, day actually but just to wrap it up for folks what's kind of a one-stop shop if people are like oh i want to learn more where would you point them they can go to our website, the National Institute of Flamenco, and uh, all our schedules on there and, and performances that are coming up and, and uh, lots of information on the art form and, and opportunities for people to see various uh, versions of the art form. Cool. Thank you so much for being You're with welcome. us. Thank you for listening to Albuquerque. And remember, it takes all of us to fulfill the promise of the city that we call home. We'll see you again next time on 1ABQ and you. Be sure and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us at hashtag 1ABQ and you. If you'd like to share your own ABQ observations, experiences, or topic suggestions, reach out to us. You've been listening to 1ABQ and you.